going on, everyone? The boys are back. We're finally back in town, able to sit down in front of the camera and talk some sports. It's been a while. We had, what, the whole month of July off? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it it feels good to be back with yeah. you guys. You guys Talking some Phillies, Eagles, Sixers, and uh, around the league as well. In the NFL, there's a bunch of news happening. I know we've been following the Deshaun Watson um, case and some th- Dolphins news as well, but let's start off with something that is currently going on right now, and that is the MLB trade deadline, which is at 6 p.m. tonight. The Phillies making some moves, not the biggest of moves, uh, still some uh, moves out there that they can make to really push for the playoffs. Um, outfielder Brandon Marsh is now a Philly. Um, that adds outfield depth. Uh, defensive skill that this team really needed that they were kind of avoiding the past couple of seasons. I believe Marsh is tied ninth um, in defensive runs saved that above average. Uh, 226 average, eight home runs. Um, you add a bat to it as well as the defense in between Schwarber and Castellanos. Uh, acquired David Robertson. Uh, his first time around the Phillies didn't go as planned. Uh, Max T, I think all of us actually heard him talk when he was a Philly when we went down to uh, the stadium. And now they traded uh, Romero to the Cardinals for Sosa, shortstop. He can play second and third, so that works out for uh, middle of the infield depth as well. Not the best offensive player, uh, but he'll, he'll work on that. What do you guys think so far, and what is that move that you're really looking forward to the Phillies making? I mean, um, that's it. Seriously, that's 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 all the moves that you made so far, and what we're we're recording this in about 57 minutes exactly before the trade deadline is over, and that's it. You you just add someone else to the infield. You you still don't show up a weakness, and one of your weaknesses is starting pitching at this point. I mean, it seems like this team has got a, a you know a little jolt of excitement when they finally let go of Joe Girardi. And it seems like things are picking up, but at the same time, like you still need help with the starting pitching or pitching. I mean, Ranger Suarez has been, has had an up and down season. He's also been injured. Uh, We're that's, that's the main position that I wanted the Phillies to address was starting pitching. And I'm a little disappointed that they didn't. I, I, I kind of am. I mean, they're rumored to be after Noah Syndergaard, but that's, yeah, yeah that, that's an okay move. It's not something that's going to get me, you know, hopping out of my seat and, you know, fist pumping the air or anything like that. But if you're talking about grabbing that third wild card spot in which you're, you're, it's not really even secure. You're still fighting for, I mean, you got to bring something more to the table than, what they've done so far. I mean, Max, am I crazy for thinking this? No, I think overall you talk about David Robertson, a guy who's been here before, but he's having a great season with the Cubs, and he's going to come in here and obviously be part of the back end of that bullpen. I don't know if he's going to be the closer or if he's going to be set up to Sir Anthony, but you can never have too many bullpen pieces. I think that's one of the struggles the Phillies have had in their 10 years of missing out on the playoffs. We talk about it for the past three, four, five years is their bullpen just been awful. But now you have Canable, Sir Anthony, um, Juris Familia was DFA'd, so he's not going to be a part of the bullpen anymore. And Andrew Bellotti's come out, come on strong um, in the later portion of this season. So you have a, a lot of established guys, at least from this season, who you can kind of count on for the most part, especially towards the back end with those three guys I just mentioned and a couple of middle relievers we'll see tonight. If Nick Nelson can, you know, give us two, three innings, maybe he's been, you know, up and down so far this year, but he's shown the ability to you know, miss bats and also give you multiple innings, which is big. So from the defensive standpoint, you have Marsh. He should be a pretty solid defensive outfielder. But the problem is his offense is just abysmal. He's got 292 at-bats this season. He's got 117 strikeouts in those 292 at-bats. He's only got a 284 on base percentage. So to expect him to come in here and hit better than Matt Beerling or hit better than Herrera, who is also DFA'd as well, um, you know, you're probably just misled. But when you talk about what the Phillies really needed, Tanner, you mentioned Sosa defensive purposes later in ball games maybe he'll come into the game as avoiding error too late and be able to hang on to a lead same thing with marsh when the angels were here a couple months ago in philadelphia i know they played um again back a few months ago but marsh played left field primarily i don't know what he's done this year as far as the angels go i have to go back and check if he's played primarily center field since trout's dealing with that back issue or if he's been more of a corner outfielder but nonetheless 
he's going to have to be a center fielder uh, just because you have Schwarber and Castellanos in the corner spot. So uh, still, what, about an hour left till the trade deadline? I, again, see, I want to see him get a start, too. I just don't really want to have to rely on Bailey Falter and then like a bullpen game. Uh, uh, earlier today, Zach Eflin moved to the 60-day IL, so he's probably going to be out. You know, wouldn't be surprised if he missed the rest of the season, to be completely honest with you. So you have to get another starter. I know they were in on Noah Syndergaard, but, you know, he's probably a rental. Apparently there's rumors that Dave Dombrowski doesn't like to do rentals. He likes guys that have control for multiple years, and that's one thing with Marsh. He's under control for five years down the road, so he's going to be in a Philly uniform for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and talk about the moves we can make. Let's focus internal on who needs to get healthy for the Phillies to really have that successful run towards the playoff. You have Bryce Harper, Gene Segura, who need to get healthy, and you want to see more out of JT and Castellanos going down the stretch because those are the guys that the Phillies brought in for success. Uh, They haven't stepped up in some areas where they need to. I mean, Nick, he's really been struggling. Don't know if it's because he's living in Ben Simmons' house um, or he's got some curse on him in that way. But you you really want to see those guys step up. Bryce, obviously that injury, but he was still a huge part of this team. I mean, he made the All-Star game as a DH. That's how important he is on this team, and that's how important it will be the Phillies to end the second longest drought in the MLB. Yeah, I agree with that. And they also have to look at what this team has done offensively. Schwarber leading off and JT. Uh, now he's been bouncing around. Uh, now he's in the cleanup spot tonight. And you have Castellanos, who was at the three spot for most of the season, now down to the fifth hole. But he just had four hits on Sunday against the Pirates. So the lineup, hopefully when you get Harper and Segura back, is going to get lengthened. And that's one of the reasons why I think Dombrowski, at least to this point, hasn't gone out there and really gotten that big offensive bat because, in a way, you have Segura and Harper coming back. Addition, yeah, additions in themselves. So when you be able to plug Segura in towards the top of the lineup, same thing with Harper. It's just going to lengthen it completely. JT's starting to heat up as well. So you didn't really need it. You needed pitching, and I really would like to see him get another starter before this deadline is over. And honestly, listen, Familia gone, Herrera gone, addition by subtraction in a way. Um, and you'll get more playing time with Beerling and Marsh. I guess they might platoon out there in center, but – the way Bohm's been swinging the bat lately has been huge for the Phillies' offense. And again, Nationals trading away Soto and Bell, we got to play them a bunch more times. You know, they're going to be honestly like a JV team out there. So the Phillies need to take advantage of this schedule. I know they got two coming up against the Braves, but they played the Nationals 11 more times this year. You got to win as many as you can and be able to punch the ticket into the playoffs. It's no excuse for this team to not be in the playoffs. I'm sorry. You you don't stack a team like this. You don't say that you're going to out-hit your opponent without the expectation of not making the playoffs. I mean, it's like you said, it's been, what, 13, 14 years since the last time they've been in the playoffs? I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. 13, 14 years ago, I was still in high school. That's saying something. Yeah. Don't 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 do the math. Don't count my age. It's not the point. It's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is this Phillies team need to make the damn playoffs well, at least. Crazy how the lineup was supposed to be the strength of this team. We're supposed to slug our way to a bunch of wins, and now you have the bullpen, which has kind of been one of the bright spots, and Nolan Wheeler just anchoring that rotation. It's been more the pitching than the hitting this year. And you know, with with what sixty, seventy games, however many games we have left, you have to hope that the offense can come back as far as Segura goes and Harper and create the spark that's needed because I think this team can be a playoff team if the way Bohm and JT keeps swinging the bat. We talked about this two weeks ago. JT was struggling. I mean, the guy was just not hitting the baseball. He was slugging around 350, just not getting on base, not walking. He's starting to heat up, and you can say the same thing about Bohm. I mean, a month ago, his batting average was down around 260. Now he's gotten it up over 300 with a 14-game hitting streak. I mean – if you asked me two, uh, last month if the Phillies were to make the playoffs, I probably would have told you no. The way these guys are starting to heat up, Castellanos, again, this guy was batting around 240 two weeks ago. He's up to like 255. So the team's starting to heat up a little bit, and it's weird because usually you see one or two guys heat up, but when you kind of have everybody starting to heat up at the same time, you can talk about the guys I just mentioned, um, it's surprising because baseball is just such a roller coaster of a ride, 162 games. I will say this about Castellanos, though. It's about damn time that he stepped up. You, you We're paying him $100 million to be the cleanup guy and to hit the ball out of the park, and he hasn't done so so far. But yeah. now, he's starting to, now he's starting to find his groove. I didn't like the fact that he, a couple weeks ago, came at some Phillies fans and some, some of the Philly media. That's not the way to go about it. 
Um, you're going to learn the hard way, unfortunately. But at least now you're starting to produce, so people are going to overlook yeah. that type of stuff. So it seems like the hitting is getting itself together, but this team's not going to go nowhere, and I'm sorry, but this team's going to miss the playoffs again if they don't address the starting pitching position. Yeah, a question over if Castellanos heard the boos at Citizens Bank Park was really what started the beef between him and the media. Um it, it you can go down the rabbit hole with that, but Castellanos has to. He eventually did learn how these Philadelphia fans, how we are at the ballpark when someone is not playing up to par. Um, a good player, good athlete will take that and, and use that uh, to help build them up into a better player. Um, we have watched some fail in, in that aspect, but. Um, Moving forward, finally, guys, let's let's hear the final answer on this. Are the Philadelphia Phillies making the playoffs this season? Yes yeah. or no, Tay? Let's yeah. hear it. Tay, they're making the playoffs. I think they yes. have to. I'm going to have to say no. All right. I want winners. Okay. Man, right. I hope they – hey, listen, Tay, if they get a starter, what do you think? Do you think if they get a starter, can they can they get there? Yeah, if they get a starter and they get not, not, not just a 4-5 starter i'm talking about at least a number three starter a solid guy who can come in you know give you six seven solid innings that's all we're asking for these these bullpen games they're going to be the death of us all right i've we've just seen this scenario way too many times this season if you at least bring in one starting pitch i'm I'm not talking and i'm not talking about a top 10 cy young guy you don't even have to go that far. Just a solid pitcher to at least boost the confidence, not only of this team, but hell, me. Then they'll, then I think they'll make the playoffs. But at this current moment, I don't think so. I, I think they'll fall short again. I, it's just a gut feeling of mine. All right. Well, I'm saying they do make the playoffs. Um, I'm going to side with Max on this one. It's been far too long, these Philadelphia Phillies. And this, this fan base deserves playoffs um I hate who is it the mariners that they're basically competing for for yeah. the longest drought yep. they already had the longest drought in the nl if the mariners make the playoffs the phillies will have and the phillies don't they'll have the longest drought in the mlb can't have that happen we're already a laughing stock here in philadelphia for much different reasons that's why we're going to move over to the 76ers oh, tampering geez. pj talker really come on t daniel house it's come stupid. on t explain all explain right. this tampering all right so here's the deal with the tampering. So, and I think it all stems from Joel Embiid's big mouth. So apparently uh, it was in one of those post-game interviews where Joel Embiid said something along the lines of, you know, we need a guy like PJ Tucker, you know, to bring toughness. Well, technically speaking, that's kind of like invite, that's openly inviting a player to come to your team via free agency, which is against the rules. You're not supposed to do that. That's tampering. Unfortunately, the NBA sees it as such. So now the Sixers are under investigation for that. Let's be honest here, fellas. They tampered. Every team tampers. Let's be, I, I don't know a team in any of the major leagues on sports that don't tamper with their players. I'm sorry. Every, every organization does it. Every single doggone team in the, in their individual leagues do it. It happens. You just can't get caught. Don't be one of the stupid ones that get caught. That's my thing. Don't get caught. Sixers got caught. You're stupid. All right? And Embiid opened up his big, fat mouth. Yes, the Sixers went after P.J. Tucker, and as soon as free agency hit, guess who they signed? Automatically, P.J. Tucker. Yes, that's tampering. You got caught. The Sixers are going to get some sort of fine. I don't, I, I'm not sure yet. Maybe they might get draft picks taken away. But, yes, there's going to be a penalty for the 76ers stupidity. Yeah, T, um, um, let me just jump in here real quick, Tanner. I think overall, with P.J. Tucker tampering, we talked about how other teams do it as well. You talk about the Knicks doing it with, with um, Jalen Brunson as well. But I think when you talk about Joel Embiid saying that, I mean, he just t- he just he's doing what everybody else does, probably more so behind the scenes than he do out in the media. But when the Sixers right now, I think it's hard for the city of Philadelphia because you have the Eagles kicking off soon, and you also have the Phillies kind of trying to push for the playoffs. But – Aren't we all just a little frustrated with this team? I mean, the way these last two seasons have ended. I mean, it's just you. you I, anytime I hear Sixers in the last couple months, 
I just kind of just roll my eyes. I mean, it's just <laughs> I'm so sick and tired of rooting for this team. I really am, man. And and people, you know, you have every, all your friends and things like that in the media saying, you know, listen, the Sixers, they got, oh, they got P.J. Tucker. Look at this starting lineup. It's going to be really good. They re-signed Harden to a, to a two-year, three-year contract, whatever it was. He took less money. Mm. I mean, it's not going to matter, man. It's really not going to matter. The team's in, in trouble. They're not going to win a championship in the process, in my opinion was pretty much a failure overall. I mean, I just don't see this team going anywhere. I think it was a bad idea to re-sign Harden, and that's my mini rant on the Sixers today. I just – I don't like where this team is at, man. It's bad. Now, correction. I'm going to correct you on something. I don't – so I partly agree with you on the Harden thing. The only reason why I say it's not a full mistake is because they didn't sign him for as much money as everybody initially thought. So for me, I'm like, okay – as long as it's not crazy money that we brought James Harden back for. Because let's be honest here, James Harden didn't earn that money. The, right. the, the bill of goods that were sold to us was that we're getting, we're getting a superstar that we can finally pair with Joel Embiid that will take us deep into the playoffs. Well, not only did it's he hardly happen. show up during the end of the regular season, he didn't show up at all in the postseason. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, in the fourth quarter of the last game, he only shot four times, if I'm not mistaken, in the yeah. last in the last quarter. That's unacceptable. I'm sorry. Like he, we need we need the James Harden of old. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get it. So his contract says as much. And I, if you have a time machine, T, you might be able to get it if you have a time machine. You're right. Well, let me work on that then. Shoot, I know a couple of smart guys. Smart, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, I, I agree with you to partly max on the James Harden thing, but there's no other really there's no other real option that the six is had. I mean, let's be honest here, fellas. Who the hell are they gonna trade for? Kevin Durant? They don't have enough they don't have enough ammo to trade for a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving or any other of the big superstars yeah. that were out there for the taking. I'm sorry, they just didn't have the ammo and free agency wasn't really big and full of superstars either. I mean, you got Bradley Bill returning yeah. to the Wizards for some god unknown, unknown reason. I don't know what Bradley Bill sees in the Wizards organization that he continues to go back there and plays for that disgrace of an organization. But that's neither here nor there. Damian Lillard's not going anywhere because he pronounced his faith to the Portland Trailblazers. Once again, questionable move, but he's staying where he's at. So there's not really many superstars that could have replaced James Harden. Not to say he's a superstar now anymore, but it's not many players that you could have brought in to help facilitate the offense. That's the one thing James Harden still can do is still facilitate an offense. That's still in his repertoire. Now, is more of the shots going to go towards Tyrese Maxey? Remains to be seen. But for now, I'm comfortable with James Harden being here, especially under the under the money that we signed him for. Yeah, T, and going back to the tampering, uh, initially when you first started off, it was cutting out, but I'm pretty sure I caught that it was Joel Embiid um, expressing his interest in adding P.J. Tucker uh, to the team. And to me, I think that's where a blurred line kind of, the effect kind of happens where Joel Embiid, he's an athlete, he's a player uh, on the Sixers, and to him, he is just expressing how to make his team better, not really looking into the rules, the politics of of sports itself with oh you can't say that about a player that's on another team uh blah blah blah. lebron james got in trouble for it multiple times daryl morey always getting in trouble for it mm-hmm. um yeah. and, and and stuff like that i think these players kind of forget um that they're trying to win they're trying to compete and they want as many weapons on their team as possible and you look at this james harden deal where he makes that possible um him and daryl morey being friends that's obviously a huge help in this whole deal but James Harden he wants to win and he doesn't care I mean he's already set for life let's be honest with the money aspect of it of it all he wants to win a championship and he wants to win one for Philadelphia Um, you feel really confident in in that part of his game Um, it makes you feel a little bit better uh, about James Harden uh, sort of redeeming himself I guess you could say with how he played at the end the season uh, in the playoffs and how he's trying to make a difference on this team, whether it's not just him playing, it's the additions he's bringing uh, to the team with that contract help. Yeah, I think overall, we talk about Joel Embiid real fast before we move on. I think, you know, did he really want P.J. I mean, he wanted a P.J. Tucker type of player. I don't know if he wanted P.J. Tucker for three years, $30 million at 37 years old. 
you know, I mean, is that what we're getting excited about for for next season? PJ Tucker, 37, coming in here to start. All of a sudden, he's going to turn back the clock. Same thing with Harden. I mean, do we expect him to all of a sudden, oh, he's got a full offseason under his belt? I mean, the guy didn't even shoot the basketball, T. I mean, the guy didn't shoot the basketball. That's the one thing he's done his entire career. And Joel Embiid, is this guy going to stay healthy? I mean, we talk about him being the best, one of the best players in the world. I mean, every time I see him, he's hurt in the playoffs when it matters most. It's five, four years in a row now. You can't rely on him. And the bench, I mean, we got who do we got? I mean, we still got the minivan. We still got Daniel House. I mean, like, like it's just not going to happen. And I think the quicker we realize that, I think the better off we'll be from a mental standpoint. But listen, Tanner, that's neither here nor there. We got the birds coming up. More important things to talk about. <laughs> we do have the birds. But let's first, uh, let's start off with talking around the league. All right. uh, with this Deshaun Watson case, he finally gets his penalty. Uh, Judge Sue Robinson ruled six-game suspension. It's an like outrage. But we'll, we'll, we'll add uh, another four games, I believe, is the rumor, which will then cause the NFLPA to go to court uh, with Roger and the NFL, and that'll be a whole mess in itself. So who knows when Deshaun Watson will a- actually be playing for the Cleveland Browns. Brissett will be in pads ready to play, uh, I know, week one. And I do believe the NFL gave the Browns the easiest schedule weeks one through six coincidentally um so and deshaun watson the money he was given in this contract um the cases that he he settled so far i I believe all but one um we can avoid getting really into the, the deep details of this whole thing but what were your reactions to this suspension uh what do you think could have been done or what do you disagree with Unfortunately, it's the well. Way, I think uh, God to you start. It, unfortunately, it's the way the NFL is set up. Um, I mean, a lot of people have made comparisons to um, the fact that you know it, players are allowed to be abusive towards other people and only get you know a slap on the wrist and things of that nature. I've, I've seen one comparison say that players smoke weed and they basically their careers are over in the NFL and. This guy gets to get away with, you know, alleged, and it, it's still allegedly, still allegedly, you know, sexually harassing these masseuses, and it, it, it's something that I just seen coming. And, and I'm not going to get too much into it. I'm not going to get into the politics of it. I'm I'm not going to put my two cents and my personal feelings into it. But I'll all I'm going to say is this: um, Sean Washington's just going to serve that suspension time. For however long it may be, four games, six games, whatever it is, and he's going to play. And we're all probably going to forget about it because he's probably going to perform for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I think there will be, real quick, Max, there will be a bunch of people who will not forget about this whole Deshaun Watson thing. I think the NFL has lost a few people on this one. Um, But when you do compare the suspensions, I mean, you look at a guy like Calvin Ridley, who bet on his own team to win a game, and he was suspended an entire season. Um, you look at Ben Roethlisberger and his suspensions back in the day. Uh, I believe he got a three-game suspension. Um, not nearly as many um, as many cases against him as Deshaun Watson currently had. Uh, it's, it is comparing players and their suspensions at this point and six game suspension, it's it, it does puzzle a few people, a bunch of people. Yeah, I think everybody's going to have an opinion on how many games it should have been, whether it be four, whether it be six, eight, twelve, a whole season. You know, I think betting on the game of football when you play it, obviously, huge conflict of interest. I think that's why I really got that kind of money. But you know, you compare like the sexual assault cases of Watson to you know domestic violence and and things like that. I mean, I think it all comes down to evidence. Um, but also from, from our, our, our opinions, I'm sure, um, obviously to, you mentioned it allegedly, but we all, I mean, when you have 22, whatever it is against you, cases, yeah. uh, allegations, it's, it's definitely where there's smoke, there's fire. Oh, so oh, I, I think, matter. yeah, I think it, listen, Deshaun Watson, the guy's one of the faces of football. I mean, he's a quarterback. First of all, plays the most important position. He, when he's healthy and when he's, his head's in the right spot, he's probably a top five quarterback in the league. 
So I'm not saying that has anything to do with it, but when you're a franchise quarterback with the talent he has, you know, I guess it shouldn't be this way, but you're going to get more of a slap on the wrist in a way than if you're, you know, a third string linebacker on the Jacksonville Jaguars, for example. So listen, you get trade for a mega deal for what he's done, apparently to be able to, first of all, leave Houston, get traded to the Browns and also get that kind of money. Um, and I'll also only get a six game suspension. I mean, it doesn't set a good, you know, I guess a future outlook on something like this, if it could happen again, because it almost seems you can do something like this and get away with it for the most part without really having to pay any serious repercussions. I mean, he's still going to get all that money. He's still going to get to start in the national football league. Um, but it's, it's, you know, for the people out there that, you know, obviously went through these apparent allegations, obviously really unfortunate, but Deshaun Watson, I mean, if you're a football fan and you know, you can put this behind you and you don't really, you know, not to say you care as much, but you're just, you know, it is what it is for those people that are just football fans. You're like, Oh, well, Deshaun Watson, you know, whatever he did, what he did, but now he's going to come back and he's going to play football again. I love to watch him play. So there's a, there's a gray gray area there. Definitely. But no, I definitely think he should have got suspended longer than six games. I mean, this is, in my opinion, it's kind of, Definitely low. I mean, I I, I definitely agree. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you, uh, Max, that he should have gotten a longer suspension. I mean, this and this honestly should have been investigated a whole lot more. But but you, you said it, all right. Tanner, I mean, not Tanner. Talent is going to trump, you know, anything that you know these guys do. Unfortunately, um, showing just a business, you know, money. And I'm showing this comment. This is a comment from YouTube, and he brings up an excellent point about not forgetting about Big Ben. I mean, look, it, Big Ben they really got a slap on the wrist. If you guys remember how that went down, like it, 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 it all depends on how talented you are. Deshaun Watson is a once in a generational talent. Unfortunately, it's set up the way it is to where those type of talents, no matter what crime you commit, are going to get second chances. Unfortunately. It, it's really unfortunate, and it's it's something that the NFL really needs to look internally at. But, I mean, it is what it is, unfortunately. And I really – I saw Warren Sharp's uh, post on, on Twitter yesterday, and he kind of lists out this – all his points for this, and it says nearly $45 million signing bonus keeps all $45 million – $46 million salary for 2022 keeps $45 um, and a half million dollars remaining fully guaranteed $184 million. There's a question mark after that keeps all $184 million six game suspension, which is equal to DeAndre Hopkins for a trace amount of PD in one test. The NFL gave Cleveland and I also uh, noticed that, as well their easiest schedule uh during his suspension obviously before the ruling but this uh, there's definitely a lot of holes in, in this you guys that think, I, I uh, believe are gonna get like real quick tenor i'm gonna ask you guys a question with you know it being a sue robinson a female judge are you surprised that her ruling wasn't more harsh uh, i think that's what a lot of people were looking at yeah. honestly I, I think that's that's sort of not was the point because this is a judge. She's um, very good at what she does, um, equal to her uh, counterparts um, and the other the male judges around there. I do think that this was looked more of a. I think the whole point was looking at Deshaun Watson as if he was just not an NFL player, kind of trying right. to balance that on what would the equal which it doesn't equal what would happen if this was just a person on the street this is they wouldn't just be suspended six football games there would be a harsher punishment and these are allegations still as t mentioned um and this is this is heavier than than sports itself this is more this is real world yes um i I think that is a question that that is a point talked about, Max. The how the judge, a female judge, ruled just six games. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame. 
Um, but it is what it is. I mean, it's nothing really we can do about it. I mean, as much. I'm just as anxious as- to see how he comes back and plays. Really, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, is he still going to be that? So, I mean, you don't lose your talent, but is he still going to be able to go out there and perform at top five quarterback type of level and lead the Browns to what they hope is another playoff berth and hopefully more? Because when you talk, talk about it from a football standpoint, you know they got a great offensive line. You know, they got Amari Cooper in there who's going to be a wide receiver one now, not having to share the workload with C.D. Lamb and those guys. So you have two really talented running backs and Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. So with Deshaun Watson now going to come back after six games, can Jacoby Brissett tread water long enough to give them an opportunity to make the playoffs? I, I mean, I'm, I'm truly interested because you have Kenny Pickett there in Pittsburgh. We'll, we'll see what he's going to do with Mitch Trubisky and those guys, Cincinnati. Are they going to have a Super Bowl hangover? Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, still not paid yet. Will he get a payday? And, you know, Baltimore, who they're a team where every year it seems like they're in the driver's seat midway through the season for the playoffs. Last year they collapsed. And even when they get in, you know, they they really don't make too much noise. And uh, is this going to be the year Cleveland without Baker Mayfield can get the job done? I'm, I'm anxious to see. Yeah, yeah, so am I. Um, so one of the – so one of the people that's commenting, I'm going to pull up his comment once again. Now, he says that, you know, that the judge put the ruling back in the hands of Goodell. So now it's up to Roger Goodell to, you know, stand up for what's right or not. Um, I have to do research um, on exactly how the ruling went down, what was the wording, what was said to get a clear and better understanding. But if this is true, if this is true, what this listener is saying and that, now the ball is in Goodell's hands and Goodell's going to stand foot on this six game suspension. Then it's not a, it's not a good look for the league. It's really not. And it just blemishes the NFL yeah. logo even more. Exactly. And that's what I was talking about. Kind of the domino effect, because if Goodell does say, you know what, I'm in charge and I am going to make my ruling an additional four games added on to the six game, make that a 10 the NFLPA already stated earlier a few weeks ago, or it was maybe a week or so ago, that they would fight this suspension um, and go to court. That is a, another mess. And and like I was saying, who knows when he will actually play. But when, when he does play, do you guys think Deshaun Watson can return back to being a top 10 quarterback? Um, I think so, right, T? You got to think. You would... I would assume so. I would assume that he would he would kind of return to some form of glory. I don't think he's going to be the same 100% talent that he was before when he was in Houston because, of course, he's, he hasn't played the game in, what, two years now. But I do think that he is going to prove that he is still a threat in the NFL, some some shape, form, fashion. Yeah. Yeah, I want to wrap it up on this point for me. I think I want, I'm anxious to see what happens with Alvin Kamara and his Pro Bowl scandal last season we'll see how many games he gets i think the nfl continues to push push back their ruling or their hearing or whatever you call it till september now at this point so it's the third time it's gotten backed up so i'm anxious to see what he's gonna get for his domestic violence allegations if there's video proof that he did put his hands on a woman is that going to be more than six games i mean in then people are going to have to raise another question you know is that is that you know the right penalty domestic violence versus sexual harassment, sexual assault. I think the biggest thing it's going to come down to is can it be proven? Is there video evidence of Kamara? Obviously, you know, putting his hands on a woman, we'll see. Hasn't been proven yet, but that's also something to keep an eye on as training camp for all these teams continues to unfold. Exactly. And before we really get into the home team here, Philadelphia, let's quick mention the Dolphins. It's not been a good day for the Miami Dolphins. No. Not at all. Yeah. They they were found out to have been tampering with Tom Brady since his days in New England, his his final years in New England. There was talks between the owner, um, the GM, Raw. It's stupid. Um, and then they did – they also talked to Sean Payton about being the coach. If you remember, he there was talks happening and then – I believe it was like the next day Sean Payton was over on the podium retiring uh, from the NFL. Uh, that's why Tom Brady did that quick retirement as well. The Dolphins were stripped of their 2023 first-round pick. Remember, they still have another first-round pick, which they acquired from the 49ers. 
They are also their 2024 third round pick is taken away. Dolphins owner Stephen Ross was fined $1.5 million and suspended through October 17th. Now this $1.5 million pocket change for yeah. an owner like Steve yeah. Ross, who hosted Max, back me up here, the F1 race in Miami, I believe. And they were saying he made $1.5 million Max would know that. every like couple minutes yeah. over there. But um, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Man, T, first round pick and a third round pick. I'll tell you what, listen – Tyreek Hill coming to the Dolphins in the offseason. You know, the fans are excited down there. Tyreek Hill, one of the best receivers in the game. I don't think it's going to work out for him, and here's why. I think Tyreek Hill's all about Tyreek Hill. I don't think he cares about winning a championship. He really stated in a podcast or an interview that he, if he got paid the bucks by the Chiefs, would have just stayed in Kansas City, but he didn't think he was getting paid or he was worth more than what he was. So the Dolphins say, hey, we don't have any stars in Miami. Let's just throw a bag at Tyreek Hill's way. And we'll let him come down here and be the wide receiver one. I just don't see how it's going to work out. I also am not a Tua fan. I don't believe in the guy as a starting quarterback long term to be able to lead a team to not only the playoffs but a Super Bowl. Jalen Waddle had a great season down there, and they have some, you know, Gasecki, some pass catchers overall. But I just don't see it working out down there in Miami. I think you know they fired Brian Flores, right? He's gone, or did he he quit? I know there was a scandal there as well. But the Dolphins that actually, are yeah, go ahead. Thanks. Thanks for mentioning that, Max, but they found no proof that the Dolphins were intentionally tanking in the Brian Flores yeah. uh, season. That's the one good thing that happened to the Dolphins today. I mean, it's really – when you look at this, is it really such a big deal for us NFL fans? Not really. I mean, you talk no. about a first-round pick. They have another one, the 2024 third-round pick. I mean, how, how much of importance is that really going to show? You have a Jets team that's improving too, and a, and also you know Buffalo runs that division, but New England, you know they're they're never going to go away as long as Bill Belichick's there. It's just, you know, I think with Sauce Gardner getting drafted there by the Jets, I mean, and Garrett Wilson, they Zach Wilson going to have year two under his belt. You know, listen, say what you want about the Jets, but they definitely made some solid moves this off season, and I think overall when you talk about that division, Miami's at the bottom of it. I don't see that train rolling anytime soon. They're they're in deep deep hot water right now. Um, in terms of Tua, I agree with you. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Tua. I, I just think that accuracy is has always been iffy to me. I mean, even when he came in in that Alabama game in, in place of Jalen Hurts, Tua still struggled with accuracy. Tua had the arm that Jalen Hurts didn't have, but Tua struggled with accuracy. And that's always been Tua's issue, and Tua still has those issues now. Yeah. Now, in terms of Tyreek Hill and his attitude, I, here's where I disagree with you, because Tyreek Hill has been um, has been a, a number of occasions he's gotten his quarterbacks back. He's saying that he you know he's praising Tua. He's he loves the fact that he's down in Miami and he feels as though he can perform that he can still be Tyreek Hill. So, in terms of you know Tyreek Hill not being a team guy, that's I got to disagree with you on that one. Just based off of some of the things that he's saying. Now, the division as a whole, yes, Buffalo is king right now in the AFC East. Buff, Buff, I don't think Buffalo's giving up that title anytime soon. New England is always. I mean, Josh there. Allen. Josh Allen's over here fighting his lineman. Yeah, go defensive lineman. I don't know if you guys saw that. Video. Yes, you fight what the hell's going on over there in Buffalo. Let me, let me tell you something. You fight one of us. You got a death wish. All right, that's that's just my personal opinion. But anyway, New England is always going to be a threat. I I was wrong. I will I will say it right now. I've said it on the WIP airwaves. I will say it on these airwaves again. I was wrong about Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a baller. Mac Jones couldn't have gone to a better organization, a better quarterback guru, a, a, a better a better organizational setup than he did with New England. I was wrong about Mac Jones. He surprised the hell out of me this past season. I think he's only going to grow leaps and bounds from there. And then you still have the Jets. I mean, like like Max said, I hate to th- I would hate to think that the Jets would stay mediocre their entire time, especially with all the talent that they you know acquired. And then I, I'm I'm going to assume that Zach Wilson's going to take a sec a, a step forward. I, I can't yeah. assume that he's going to be the same Zach Wilson that he was. Like I would hope not. I mean, I, I Max, me and you have battled about that in the past before, where we have differing opinions about Zach Wilson. I, I hope he takes a step forward. I hope I'm wrong, but. 
I would assume that he's going to take a step forward. So the Jets have to be that number three team. The Miami, Miami is bottom feeders right now. They've got a lot of things that they have to work out, not to mention everything that's going on up top around their organization. Uh, man, I hate to say I hate to say that Miami's unfortunately the, the, the bottom end of the stick, but they are. They just are. Agree. Yeah. And, Zach, I mean, we're just mentioning players that have a lot going on this offseason. Zach Wilson. He's got all that drama going on with girlfriend, his mom's friends. We don't have to get into too much yeah, detail with that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw that on social media, hilarious stuff. Um, obviously not if you are on the receiving end, if you're the girlfriend. But <laughs> It's funny to uh, me, we too. We continue to talk about sports here. And we're going to go to the birds, the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia Eagles. Max, look at me when I say that. Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia Eagles. What are they saying about Jalen Hurts right now in camp? All right, T, I, please. I just us. real quick, I got an update. the 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 sweepstakes are down to uh, the Blue Jays and the Phillies for Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. So we'll see in the next. And they got about eighteen minutes, minutes left. So, so on to Jalen Hurts. What they've yeah. been saying, um, yeah. it's been very up and down with Jalen Hurts. The offense has. It seems like the offense as a whole has struggled to really, you know, get out of the cage swinging. The offense has struggled to get of getting themselves together. There, there's been highlights, individual highlights of Jalen Hurts making certain throws and things of that nature. There was one throw that was really bad that you know he threw across his body and he threw an interception, which you know. Just get that stuff out your system. Get that dumb stuff out your system. Because if I see it during see, the regular come on, season, don't sugarcoat it. He's looked horrible. He's I, looked horrible in the training camp. But here's the game. thing, come though, on. Max. Here's the thing. It's not horrible. That's not what they're saying. And that's not what's going down. It's not that he's horrible. It's the fact that he's up and down. And a lot of that is attributed to the defense. A lot of people have been saying that this defense has really stepped up with their additional pieces that they've added. Jordan Davis has been shining through tremendously. I can't. They they are singing his praises down there at training camp currently right now. Nicole Dean is still learning the defense a little bit. Brandon Graham. They've said Brandon Graham hasn't lost a step, even coming back from an Achilles injury of being thirty four years old, which is impressive, by the way. An Achilles injury at thirty four, and you're still the same same guy, the same threat that everybody's saying that you are. That's impressive. Seriously. The D, the DBs, everybody's singing James Bradbury's praises. I haven't heard too many too much about the safety, so that's typically a good thing. There was some drama um a day or two ago regarding Miles Sanders starting with the second team. But now he's starting to uh-huh. pick up. He's starting hey, Dan, ready to start with the second team. He did start with the second team one day, but it seems like he's picking it up now. It seems like he's got some bursts. It seems like he got a he kind of got a little he, he Kind of got a little uh, uh, offended by the media putting that out there that he started with the second team and the media making a big thing out of it. So it seems like he's trying to prove his spot because Kenny Gainwell is is um, is really improving as well. The right receivers, AJ Brown is being AJ Brown, catching balls, and you know the one thing that they're singing about him is his strength and his you know run after catching ability. Devontae Smith is making strides. It seems like this team is headed in the right direction. And, and ultimately, the question mark ultimately is the quarterback. It's Jalen Hurts. You know, it's one thing to be able to practice, you know, against a defense that you already know and play against a defense that you already know. I, I don't judge that. I'm sorry. I just don't. I, I need to see him in action. I need to see what he looks like against another team. That's how I'm going to be able to judge if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the future. Now, there is one thing that's concerned me. There's one thing that's concerned me, and, and it's it's bugged me, it's bothered me, and I don't like it, especially being an old-school football guy. Now, I'm not one of those, you know, old guys to yell out the window, you know, to kids, you know, get off my damn lawn. I'm not one of those guys, but I will say yes, this. Yes, you are, too. Shut up. <laughs> I will say this. There, <laughs> you can't be – it's football. You can't be soft in a game of football. Nick Sirianni the other day, it was either yesterday. Yeah, I believe it was yesterday because I was talking about it on uh, during the overnight show with John Johnson. And a lot of people missed it. And now people are talking about it today. But he said in an interview that he's, 
yes, there's scheduled days for the pads and things of that nature. That's under the CBA. Practices can only be but so long, even though it seems like Nick Sirianni has shortened the practices. I already don't like that as is because you can't really get yourself in right football condition if you're practicing for a certain period of time. You need to take full advantage of whatever time the CBA gives you to prepare for the season. But that's not the big thing. The big thing that came out during training camp that's now just being talked about is the fact that even though starting today, the Eagles now are in full pads, there's no tackling to the ground. So I did some research last night, and I looked up a stat, and this was an astounding stat that I just could not believe, and it's from StatWise.com. StatWise, StatWoos, yeah, I believe it was StatWise.com. And 2021, the Philadelphia Eagles ranked 31st in tackles. 31st overall in tackles. What does that mean, fellas? That means that the Philadelphia Eagles were the 31st worst tackling team in the NFL. That's not good. If you, In my opinion, if I'm a coach, I'm going to coach a team and build upon the weaknesses to shore up those weaknesses. How many times, fellas, and maybe it's just me, but how many times last year did we get frustrated because what was supposed to be a two, three yard run turned into a five, six yard run because there was a simple missed tackle. Not because the guys weren't in the gap, but because there was a missed tackle. You can't have tackling is a fundamental element in the, to play in the NFL. And I'm sorry, people are going to get hurt. Yes, it's football, it's a contact sport. But you need to practice the fundamentals. Tackling is a fundamental aspect of the game. You cannot, you cannot overlook that. And it frustrates me that that part of the game is being overlooked and it seems like they're not building on the weakness that they had last year for me that's frustrating and for me that's concerning i don't know about you guys but that's concerning for me well i mean listen you talk about real quick and i'm not going to take too much time because i want to say these two quick points here one the injuries are big t i think you look at just today tim patrick wide receiver for the broncos torn acl goes down in practice Ryan Jensen, starting center for Tom Brady, two days, three days ago, goes down. Knees all destroyed. He's going to be probably out for the season. So it's important. I know they're adding in these customary, like, uh, padded caps on these helmets that we've seen, which I think is a good idea. It's smart. Uh, Less contact to the head. It's important. But I'm just trying to be completely healthy going into week one. I get it. You know, people are saying, you know, soft tissue injuries, if you don't practice full out, are going to pop up. But, listen, if I can – go the entire training camp and go into a season fully healthy. My O-line's all good to go. My D-line's going to be able to get after the passer. I'm completely – I'll take that 10 times out of 10 over, hey, let's get scrappy in training camp. One guy gets a concussion. Next guy gets a knee bruise. Next thing you know, you get an offensive lineman out for the season. You get a starting D-back out six to eight weeks with a strained hamstring or something like that. Because, listen, one of those guys goes down. James Bradbury goes down. Darius Slay goes down. The Eagles secondary is destroyed because there's nobody I trust. Are you telling me Zach McPherson is going to step in there and be outside cornerback and stay across from Darius Slay if Bradbury goes down? I mean, no way in hell. Ellis an offensive lineman. I mean, apparently he has stepped up according to what reporters have said, but I understand your point. Right. I mean, it depends on every position is like that, but you know, you, you, this is a reason why you have to have depth. And luckily the Eagles have some depth on the old line. They have some depth in the, Another running back room, I guess you can say, with Gainwell getting touches and Scott. But, you know, it's going to come down to Jalen Hurts, and we know that. I know Tanner's a fan. T, you seem like a fan. I want to be a fan. But I just don't see – I think that Jalen Hurts is going to hold this team back. I really do. Because the team that's around Jalen Hurts this year, this is a Super Bowl contending roster, in my opinion. I mean, you have Devontae Smith. One thing I've heard is he's not even getting the ball thrown his way barely in training camp. It's been all A.J. Brown for the most part. I heard Jalen Rager has three, four touchdowns in training camp. Devontae Smith doesn't have any. And now, listen, that, that doesn't mean Devontae Smith's a bad player. It just means he's not getting the looks. And I think with the defensive line, the linebacking core, I mean, Kobe Dean's on the second team. He's not even starting on this roster right now. I really love where this team is at from a depth standpoint and top to bottom on the entire roster. But Jalen Hurts, I think what the Eagles need to do to wrap up is just let Jalen Hurts run, man. Let this guy use his legs. Screw the pocket passing as a number one. He's not a pocket passer. I know people want to sit here and say he's got to improve as a thrower. He's got to be more accurate, blah, blah, blah. Listen, this guy can be a Lamar Jackson type. He's not as dynamic, but if he can just use his legs, 
let him run wild. I like that strategy more than him trying to develop as a passer because I just don't see him developing enough as a passer to be a pocket passer as his career goes on. If he wants to have success, he's going to have to use his legs. That's just my main point. I I hear what you're saying, Max, and I do, but – there has to be if you're going to play the quarterback position in today's NFL. Yes, you have to have some form of a running ability, and clearly Jalen Hurts has that. But you cannot survive and you cannot thrive as a starting caliber NFL quarterback if you don't develop that passing game. That's the one thing for me. Listen, I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. I, I love Jalen Hurts. I do. I, I want Jalen Hurts to succeed. However, I also come to the realization that if he does not improve as a passer then he will not survive in the NFL, and therefore we will need another quarterback come next year. But I cannot neglect the fact that Jalen Hurts needs to still throw that football. You didn't trade for A.J. Brown and then give him a hundred-plus million-dollar contract because you wanted to be a primarily running team. You brought him up in here to help Jalen Hurts develop as a passer, and I'm sorry. So I, I, I need him to develop as a passer. Yes, I love unless I like Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts. I want Jalen Hurts to succeed. I want Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback. I, I truly do. I have all the confidence in the world in Jalen Hurts. But if he doesn't prove it this year, he's gone. It's as simple as that. I'm sorry. I can't neglect him not being a passer. That's yeah. not something that can be neglected. I can acknowledge Jalen Hurts improving both his physical and mental state during the offseason. I mean, he's bulked up tremendously. We, we see the videos um, we see the comparison in the pictures. Uh, added that muscle. Usually quarterbacks don't like to put on uh, that much mass when, when they're muscle-wise because um, easier to throw the ball. Um, it's just quicker to move around. On it. But the, the quarterback that he is, he's on the move, but he's also taking a lot of hits. Um, he, he's running through guys. We saw it in his first season as the Eagles dragging a man into the end zone. Um, and I've heard some positives about the improvement of his arm strength and going into not finding Smith. I think training camp is different in a way where the guys who are getting a lot of the passes thrown on them, you're kind of figuring they're figuring their role out on this team. Devontae Smith, we're already sure that he's going to be a starter on this team. We already have seen what he's got for the Eagles. Um, and having him out there still working out, that's good. A.J. Brown, new key player on this team, you want to figure out and you want to work on that connection right away with him and Jalen Hurts, guys who have been practicing with each other even before he was on the Eagles. But you want to put him in in pads, in an Eagles jersey, running around, running the plays. You want to see how that works out. Jalen Reger, uh, it works with him too with, I believe he's playing on the second team. Yep. Uh, three to four touchdowns might be just them thinking, you know, should we bother keeping this guy? Is it worth keeping Jalen Rager another season? What's he still got? Who's ahead of him on the depth chart? Uh, Quez Watkins, what do they have? Um, that That's my uh, – that that's how I look at it. Uh, and I, I got you, Tanner, and I, I, I do agree with you. Um, yeah, Jalen Rager needs to shut the hell up, though. I think I'm going to say that in closing. Jalen Reagan just needs to shut the hell up and ball. Because he's, he's, those, twi- those first off, I, I'm convinced Twitter is the devil. All right. I, I'm truly, I'm truly convinced. When, if, when it comes to some players, Twitter is just the devil for them. Like, well, he goes on a rant against some of the reporters. And of all the people that talk, especially after last year's, you know, multiple fiascos, Jalen Reagan is the ultimately, ultimate last person. That needs to be talking with his thumbs. I'm sorry. Sh- your your spot on the on the roster is on the line this season. Shut the hell up. Get off of Twitter and ball. Stop worrying about what people say about you. People are gonna talk shit about you. It's nothing you can do about it, bro. Just shut the hell up and ball. Stop. Stop. I'm I'm just so sick and tired of these athletes feeling as though they need to prove something. To the media, don't prove anything to the media. We get paid to talk. Just, just go out there and do your job. Go out there and ball. I know it's not like I'm whining right now, but like it, I'm just so sick and tired of this. I'm tired of Rager running his damn mouth. Shut up and ball, dude. Seriously. 
I was I was really expecting a shut the f up for life out of T. I'm not, oh, not going to lie. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not I'm not there yet to tell him to shut the f up for life. I, I'm not. I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to help him out, but he 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 is pushing it at this point. Shut the f up for life. He is pushing it. Uh, yeah. Another player that may need to keep their mouth closed. Uh, this was a few days ago, though. But how do you guys feel about Miles Sanders saying we all feel like we're on an all-star team? We feel unstoppable. This was a week or so ago. How do you feel about comments like that going into the regular season? Okay, now he gets it. Shut the F up for life. Yeah, he got to shut up. Okay, no, no, don't do that. Please don't do that. Please, for the love of God, don't do that. All right, it's bringing me Vince Young memories and Dream Team memories. Okay, shut up and ball. All right, you're, you're hell. Your starting spot is on the line. Why is it that the backup guys is, and the guys that really need to prove something this year are the ones that are talking? Shut up. Do your job. Stop saying you ain't no damn All Star team. Go out there and prove it. You say comments like that, you put a target on your back. And then the expectations shoot sky high for the team. And when they don't make those expectations, now we all look, look like we got eggs on our faces. Chopping ball. <sighs> I, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the season. I'm the last. I'm excited. I'm You're last excited. I'm excited. I am. I'm excited. But I'm the last person who needs to be saying shut up and ball because I don't believe in that saying. I don't. But in this situation, shut, just do your job, please. Do your job. I like this team, T. I think they're going to have a good season. I just I hope Hurts can get the job done as a starting quarterback. I still am skeptical, as we all are. But I think we're all just we're, – we're itching for it. You know, we're in the dog days of summer right now. It's August. Everybody wants this preseason to come, so we got to look at these guys. But this defense is legit. Hassan Reddick and the guys. You obviously have Fletcher Cox, who's not relied upon. Uh, I heard Jordan Davis is a monster in training camp. So I'm excited. I think they're going to get to this uh, – the opposing quarterbacks – they're going to create havoc in the backfield. I'm excited to see the defense this year. I think they're going to force turnovers. I like big plays. Slay. Bradbury's having a pretty good camp. I'm probably more excited about the defense, to be honest with you, than I am the offense because I think the offense is still going to be sturdy. But the defense, man, with you know Dean obviously getting drafted, same thing with Davis, and you know you signed Bradbury, which surprised me to be completely honest with you. Do we know it's hard to get him for a relatively on a cheaper end contract is pretty big. So they shared out pretty much every position we had. You know, issues with two stud quarter or two to say two stud corner, two solid cornerbacks uh, with with Bradbury being there, studs on the defensive line. I'm excited for. It. I think they're going to have a really good year. I think they're going to the playoffs. Can Jalen Hurts just take that step forward this year? That's the biggest thing. And I'm ready for Week One so I can come on here afterwards and tell you I told you so. Hurts struggling mightily. We'll see what happens. Hey, you know what, Max? You know what you can do. Why would you look forward to that, you know Max? You Shut the f up for life. That's what you can do, Max. This is straight up. That's what you can do, jerk. Oh man, Max, getting the shut up. Uh, Shut the f up. Hey. That's that's no way to go about your Tuesday <laughs> evening, Tate. Come on now. Hey. Um, well, as we approach that MLB trade deadline, there's seconds left until that's officially over. Max, any updates on that, or are the Phillies going to have to rock with what they have? Checking it out. Uh, playoffs. All right, now, Tate. Yep. The Phillies For have you. acquired right-handed pitcher Noah Syndergaard at the deadline. No. So is, that, is that true? They, wow. they got him. They got their man, Noah Syndergaard, to the Phillies. I don't know what Lord. the deal is going to be yet, but we'll see, man. Pending a physical, we'll see who – the Phillies gave up, but everything has it right now. Fox Mickey Moniak, first overall pick off uh, Mickey Moniak. Yep, that's what I'm getting from Yeah, Todd. Mickey looking, Moniak is gone. I'm looking at Todd Zalecki's tweet right now. Yep. Wow. So there you – what do you got? Say, is it just strictly Moniak or Phillies, what is it? Phillies get Noah Syndergaard from the Angels from Mickey Moniak and prospect J.D.L. Sanchez. Wow. All right. There you go. Way to close the show. That's big Holy time. Holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, my confidence. And on that note, eh, confidence picks up a little bit, but. Let's shut it down, T. All right. Let's shut this baby down. You guys miss shut any of this episode, you can always go to Philly Experience.simplecast.com. We are available on all major downloadable platforms Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, the whole Shabazz. And as you can see, this is a whole new video setup that we're still experimenting and, you know, trying to figure out. But, you know, Follow your boys. 
right here, Philly Experience Podcast on Instagram, the Philly EXP1 on Twitter. Definitely appreciate y'all support. Football season, we're gonna be doing this every week. So there's 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 no debate about that. We'll be back full full blown football season. All right. We're gonna give you guys all of us. However much that's left. Let's be honest here. We're all busy. We had stuff to do in July. Yeah. Hey, we gotta take a break at some point. Yep. Man, that was Senegar. Let's go. <laughs> Playoffs. Woo!